It's good to see all of you here. Um, many of you know me from quite some time now. So, uh, if I were to ask you what is the impression that you have had of me, uh, you know, uh, when you first saw me and you know you you heard of me as Captain Joe's and uh, you know all that, uh, what is the kind of uh, you know impression that comes to your mind? What is my family background and all of that? What 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 came to your mind actually? Um, anyone? Captain, okay, uh, big guy, yeah. <laughs> What about my background? What do you think my background is? Sorry? Guns, guns, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go even beyond those army days and and find out what that is. Well, I, you know, I grew up in a in a in a in a village. You know, I grew up in a village. So when we were growing up, it's almost in this area, all these places that you see now completely populated and, uh, you know, all these buildings and all these things that have come up. It was not like that earlier. All these places were just empty lands and there used to be, uh, uh, you know, there were just few villages. There used to be the Kundalali village, there used to be the Tubrali village, you know, there used to be Munekola, that used to be like a, a, a waterlogged area. You know, then there was after this, after, I mean, then we, there was Martali, which was a very small little village. And then a little far away, you had uh, Vibhutipura village. So I grew up in the in the Vibhutipura village. Okay. And uh, when we were growing up, you know, uh, uh, we grew up with the people with, I grew up with uh, young people who never spoke English. And uh, who always spoke either in Tamil or Kannada or the local languages here. And, um, you know, we used to go f to take a bath in, um, in those uh, rainwater puddles. Okay, on the one side of the puddle used to be those buffaloes and the other side used to be we. You know, we used to, <laughs> we used to do that. Uh, our parents never used to like it. My father was not here, my mother, because my father also was in the army. Um, but that's a kind of background that I grew up uh, in. You know, I could never speak English properly. So when I was in school, uh, they used to actually, uh, the, some of the children used to actually tease me in class. You know, they used to make me stand up and say a few words in English. And uh, they would say that, uh, you know, why don't you say this word out? And when I said that, they would all burst out laughing. So I grew up like that. And today, you know, I, I just stand because of the grace of God, not just here, but in the nations, speaking and preaching Christ in the language which... Many thought I was a failure. You know, so, um, and when I actually came back from, uh, uh, you know, when I, when I got into the army and I came back to my village, uh, my friends, uh, because at that time I had become a class one gasseted officer, I was, a, I was a, like you said, you know, big guy and all of that, but I never had it in my mind that I was a big guy. They were my friends, I grew up with them, but they had uh, other thoughts about me. You know, they won't mix up with me. They would, they would just back off. Uh, I don't know whether I should say this, but then let me say it. I mean, you know, I used to smoke BDs. I mean, those days, you know, that's that's the thing that we that that that, that we smoked. We didn't have money to buy cigarettes, by the way. You know, so. Then, but when I came back, they were they were friends of mine who would hide their uh, you know BDs behind the back because they saw me and uh, they didn't want to do it in front of me. So that's the kind of background that I actually came up in. So many of you may be thinking that, you know, if if you're thinking that I came in this hi-fi background and you know have uh, you know had uh, this uh, plush uh, and wonderful childhood and all of that. Uh, yes, I did have a wonderful childhood. I just enjoyed it with my friends, especially friends who would put their hands into into snake holes and pull out snakes. You know, uh, and all kind of things, and we used to, you know, have a lot of fun. But yeah, but that's the kind of background that I grew up with. Okay, now, when we grow up in such places, and when we go into, uh, you know, when we when we get into uh, other places, like I said, uh, when we were in school, I always thought of myself as insignificant. I never could uh, come to terms with people who were from the rich background, who spoke very good English. I always thought of myself as lowly, as insignificant. I never could come to terms in my mind, you know, that we are all equal and things like that. And just like when I came back, my friends were not able to accept me because they thought they were insignificant. So today I've titled my message as A Tale of a Lowly Town and Some Lowly People. 
so it's a story it's a tale of a lowly town that we see in the bible of how from earthly insignificance they discover that they have an eternal significance now that's the story of every christian actually so we often think of ourselves as too little to matter to anybody but is that how god is looking at us let me take you through a story from the bible but before that uh, do you all like rotis chapati we chapati you know uh, after 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 you know my my sister married a, a local kannadi girl you know i came to know, I, i came to hear new terms akki roti you know jola uh, the roti you know uh, all different kind of rotis you know all all different kinds of rotis um um in the hebrew language there is this word called lechem lechem okay lechem l e c h e m i mean yeah see this that's the word lechem and lechem in the in that in that language in jewish prayers it represents food and sustenance that's what lechem is and you know it is the staff of life it is a, it is a, it is a source of life it sustains us it keeps us alive and another word which i have put there is bait bait these are hebrew words bait and lechem and put them together what would it become bethlehem so bait lechem became bethlehem meaning to say that it is the house of bread it is a it is a it is a place which is which is which is generating something to sustain ourselves it is the house of bread and now this is the small lowly town of bethlehem and there it is in this place in this small lowly town that the greatest event on earth took place isn't it well uh, if we have to look back was this a significant a significant place before christ and before we uh come to this uh, come to the birth of christ was this a significant place um, well we we have to look at some writing so we look at the prophet micah and he said this of bethlehem in micah chapter 5 and verse 2 alpha that you see that but as for you bethlehem ephrata too little too little okay that particular word in hebrew is actually a word on the numbers of people who are staying there it's in the clan of judah but it's bethlehem you're just tiny you're too little to be among the clans of judah where there are thousands in other places bethlehem you are just a little 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 speck insignificant you are of no not much of worth insignificant place but prophet micah spoke about it and he said but as for you bethlehem ephrata too little to be among the clans of judah too little meaning to say that bethlehem had no not much of scope for becoming big or becoming significant and we will we will we will see much about it uh, even if we when we look at this verse later on and this is the this is how bethlehem was considered in those days and micah of course you know when he when he lived and he prophesied it was in the 700 bc around that that time is when micah micah lived and prophesied and bethlehem means house of bread and what is ephrata ephrata means fruitfulness fruitfulness so in from this bread of house you bring in the fruit you become fruitful in the house of bread that's what it really means and if this was to be the name of this place then surely there would have been something to do with 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 grains and bread and we will look at it before that let me uh, look at the bible let let's turn to ruth chapter 1 ruth chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 ruth chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 i'm going to read it In the days when the judges ruled Listen to it very carefully in the days when the judges ruled so obviously it's a period after Joshua Isn't it that's when the judges came isn't it so there it's not clearly mentioned when but it says in the days when the judges ruled there was a famine in the land So a man 
from Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife and two sons went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Mahlon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Mahlon and Kilion also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now this is the story that all of us know this story, isn't it? Now when we look at the story, it seems such a simple thing. There was this man, there was this lady, they had two sons, there was a famine in the land, they were living in Bethlehem, they were Ephrathites and then they were, uh, you know, then they moved to a place because they had to now, uh, you know, overcome their, the, the, the famine and so they had to move to this place. Simple, isn't it? Very simple thing. And then when once they go there, things, uh, you know, uh, they married the two women, these two boys, uh, Mahlon, Mahlon and Kilion. And uh, then, you know, they, uh, they didn't have some good life, but then they died. Um, and Naomi was not, no, he, she was left with, without her two sons and a husband, and she was left with two daughters-in-law. Simple story, isn't it? We just, sometimes when we read the, the word of God, we just happen to read it just like this, and then say, okay, fine. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't read much more than this, isn't it? Now, uh, no, when uh, I, I think all the parents here can, I can, uh, maybe I, I should, I can, I think that you know, we when we name our children, we do it with some. There, there's some meaning to it. Do we give meanings to our children? Uh, some, some understanding of what our children, maybe you know, our own experiences, maybe our, uh, you know, what we intend for them in the future. Isn't that what we name our children? You know, when, when, when we named our children, the first one is called Pratik. You know, I was completely into Hinduism at that time. You know, at that point of time, I was completely into Hinduism. I was, um, I was um, um, like a classical singer in Hinduism. So I named my children in Sanskrit. So I named my first son as Pratik, a symbol of love. You know, that's my first son. And the second one was named Pranav. Pranav is uh, Om, Om. All of you have heard about Om, isn't it? Pranavam, Pranava. It is Om, the, 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 the sound that, that pervades the universe. You know, the hum that is there in the universe. That's Om. Or, you know, later on when I became a Christian, I always say, oh, it is the Logos. Okay, but actually it is not. But then, you know, I used to, uh, it, it is actually Om. I named my second son as Om. Pranav. Pranav is Om. Um, and then it, he's also got a Christian name, by the way. His name is Pranav Abraham Joes. And this Abraham was not because I had a fond, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, I had some attachment towards the Abraham of the Bible. No, no, no. It is not because of that. I had a friend whose grandfather's name was Abraham, and I was so impressed by that man. I said, my son need to have his name <laughs> because I wanted him to be like that Abraham that uh, I used to call him Apachin. Uh, you know, like grandfather. So, I, you know, he was a fantastic man, my friend's grandfather. So, I named my grandfather, my, my son is, you know, with my friend's uh, grandfather's name, Pranav Abraham. Of course, then my name, Joe's, came in. Okay, I didn't want them to carry the uh, burden of my family name, Palamutal. I carry it. Okay. <laughs> because because I, whenever, whenever I travel and I say my, my, my name is Palamutal, there are so many versions of it that, that, that happens when, when I say that. Okay, so I don't say that, you know. So I just made it very simple, you know, Pranav, Abraham, Joes. Later on, you know, we dropped the Abraham also, we made it just Pranav, Joes. Okay. So it is like that. But then, and the third one, he's sitting here, Sonu, uh, you know, Pratyush. Uh, I don't know whether you know the meaning of that name. Pratyush is a new dawn. A new dawn. Pra, new, dawn, ush, ush, ushas, dawn, you know. So I named him because uh, that's the time that I came to know the Lord. You know, and that he was a new dawn in our life. So that's how his name is. Pratyush. So all three children have got uh, names which really matter. And you know, there is, there is significance in the, in the Bible of names. You know, uh, if, you, if you look at it, uh, can we go to the next slide? Um, 
the go yeah there is significance of the names i'm i know you can quickly go through that but basically it is this that a biblical name meant something it had to do with situation either of the parents or of the situation of the country or of what was happening around there was there was some significance to the names that was there you know or it is something to do with the lord it is to express solidarity with the family ties and this uh, you know uh, is written by wes uh, woodell in his blog post called the significance of names in the bible now th that's that's where i took this from but then this is basically what it is that there is significance to the names that are there in the bible so when we read this portion in ruth we cannot just go over it just like that we have to look at what is the writer's intention how would the people at that time in their context understand what they are listening to what is the significance of the story in their context how how was it received in their times and then we have to recontextualize when we come to our situation and say that now how is it effective in my situation all right so we are actually looking at what it meant over, over there so the, the this the, the 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 names the name changes and all that is not so uh, it's not unfamiliar in the bible abraham became abraham uh, jacob was named because he held on tightly to the heel of his elder brother esau uh, later jacob became uh, uh, became israel esau was so named because he was uh, reddish and he was he had hair, i mean he had uh, you know the skin was like a hairy robe and jesus meant that you know the word jesus means that uh, he will save people from sins uh, emmanuel is god with us bible is full of this and even in this portion now if you think that i am just fabricating something like this of saying that i am just going to take some portion of the bible and put in my meaning into that uh, i don't think that would be the right thing because you know within this within this the, the book of ruth itself will come to a place where there is a one of the characters ac actually asks for a name change saying that there is significance in the name that is that I mean, that is there okay so elimelech now if you go to the next slide look at this look at this this is this is the names of the characters and the meaning of these characters that are there and it's significant when the writer is writing this there is significance so elimelech means god of the king god of the king and he married this woman called naomi whose 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 name means pleasant or sweet okay she is a, she is sweet or pleasant so god of the king and pleasant they are the ones who come together you know and uh, they were ephrathites ephrathites i told you ephratha means fruitful so ephrathites meant fruitful people they were from from the clan of judah and they were ephrathites and they were fruitful people they are from bethlehem or the house of bread you know they were these fruitful people from the house of bread but there was a famine in this land famine in this fruitful land of the house of bread now you got to imagine all this there's a famine now this the house of bread is no more the house of bread there is bread missing in the house of bread and there is a famine that's happening over there and you know these wonderful people god of the king and pleasant what do you think they named their children as mahlon they named the children as sick and destruction can you believe it you know i wouldn't i wouldn't dare name my children as sick i mean can you believe every morning calling up my son and saying hey sick come down isn't it we want to keep them away from sickness we don't want them to be sick we don't want them to be destructive we don't want them to be involved in any of these things isn't it we want to keep them away but imagine god of the king the name of the man elimelech and his wife naomi the pleasant and sweet naomi named the children mahlon sick and kilion destruction can you believe it now can you read that verse and find out that do you, do you think there is something wrong there is a famine and this wonderful people named their children terrible names that they give their children isn't it and and something was obviously and absolutely wrong when the time when they were born isn't it we can easily assume that isn't it 
from this from from just understanding the name nobody names the children sick nobody names the children destruction isn't it but there are specific times in the bible when god says you know he tells you know name your child this because it is an indication to israel what would happen in the future isn't it um now we don't know why they named or what was the situation why they named like that but then let's not uh, truly let's not uh, dip, uh, you know uh, spend too much time over there a lot of commentaries say commentators say different things about the why why they were named like that but we know one thing we know elimelech an israelite a person who belongs who's chosen who's who's from the chosen uh, kingdom of god and and who's from israel you know they, they are the chosen ones he moves out his family to a country that does not represent god he takes his family from out of the dependence of god and goes into a place where there is no dependence on this god of israel now that's a story and it's no wonder what happens after that he moves out indicating his spiritual state of non dependence of no trust in that in in the in in, in this god it's a lack of trust on this god now if you think that again i'm going to i'm just saying something i will come back to this again and i'll tell you why i'm saying this it is not that all the israelites moved out that's not the story there were people in israel at the time so it's not that they were all they all they all had moved out and why why am i saying that you know that uh, these people moved out of the dependence or the trust in god if we look at chapter 1 and verse 6 chapter 1 and verse 6 it says that the lord had visited his people and given them food those who remained in the land those who remained in the land the lord had visited them and given them food there are times in our lives like that isn't it when we when we encounter difficulties when we go through difficult situations and issues in our life we just want to do our things even if it meant that we are out of god's out of dependence on god out of trust in god we just want to move away from that and get into a place where we think we can do it i take care of my family i provide for my family it's not a bad thing i mean you when you think of it it's really not bad that you want to take care of your family but then the bad thing is when you move out of the dependence the spiritual dependence on god and you think you can do it on your own or i think i can do it on my own and not trusting god with our lives things may look difficult they may be a famine they may be hunger they may be things that go wrong in my life but if i am going to get out of that and not trust god with my life then i am going to suffer the consequences of that i can only take action but i cannot take the i i, I don't have control over the consequences of my action those will follow isn't it so when we look at this here is elimelech he is moving his family out and the consequences are heavy elimelech is the only male in the family who has a positive name god of the king and he dies that's it and then what happens the sons who have married these moab women they too die and now the three women are the, are, are are on their own and naomi asks the daughters in law to get back to their home and get on with their lives and orpa you know that's the root word of or maybe you know it may be the uh, uh, the the word may be stiff neck or declining you know the, the, that's what you 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 can read it there declining or stiff neck she chooses to live but ruth you know her the the root word of the of her um, you know of the of the meaning of the word is uh, um, neighbor or mate she clings to her mother in law and then she comes up with that with that famous verse which we all know don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you where you go i will go 
and where you stay i will stay your people will be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there i will be buried may the lord deal with me be it ever so severely even if death separates you and me and out of this the whole story if you look at it only the women with the positive names remain in this story pleasant and sweet mate or neighbor they remain in this story the rest are gone what do you think the next step would be to get back to the house of bread isn't it that's maybe obvious when the writer is writing or when somebody is telling a story you know once all the negative characters are gone they're coming into a place they want to be back in the place of fruitfulness they they ephrathites they cannot remain fruitless for long they have to get into this plated place of fruitfulness again so they go back to this place and they set out on the road back that, that would take them to bethlehem in the land of juda but naomi she returns with bitterness you know she this is why i said you know there's a character in this in in this whole book who says that you know i want a name change and she says call me mara call me bitter okay bitterness she was seeped in bitterness even as she was headed back into this land of the fruitfulness of the house of bread you know when she is going back there she does she is not going back you know with that with that with that great joy of being back to this place of fruitfulness but she is going back with bitterness in her heart and then you know the decisions that were taken were taken by her husband and maybe her you know they went when they when they moved out of that land and they went into the land of moab maybe they took a joint decision but then here she whom does she turn on to to whom does she turn upon she turns upon god what does she say she says don't call me naomi she told them call me mara because the almighty has made my life very bitter whom does she turn upon on the almighty who took her who took their decisions to go to uh, to go to get out of this uh, dependence on god and when god visited them they were not there they were left with just two people in that in, in that in that whole family and whom does she blame she blames she blames god natural isn't it god brought this upon me god brought this upon me look at the verse that um, let's read let's continue reading that because the almighty has made my life very bitter i went away full she says did she go away full she didn't go away full maybe full as in a family full no i went away full but the lord has brought me back empty the lord has brought me back empty why call me naomi why call me the pleasant one why call me the sweet one the lord has afflicted me the almighty has brought misfortune upon me is that some of our some of the way that we sometimes deal with some of these things and why did god do this why did god have to bring this about why would god do this why am i in this place why didn't god stop me from doing it after t- uh, you know that's what i said that we can take our actions but we have to bear the consequences of our actions we have no control over them and then when some things don't happen we actually turn upon god and say why did god have to do this and that's just generally the thought that is there in the world isn't it so naomi returned from moab accompanied by ruth the the the, Mo- the moabite vo- uh, woman and they were arriving in bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning and it is in this land of fruitfulness that naomi meets with the one who will redeem her the kinsman redeemer redeems naomi and gives her life and during this time of uh, famine when elimelech naomi and the whole family had left the promised land and went to moab 
Who stayed behind? The kinsman redeemer was behind. He didn't go. Boaz was there in that land. And guess who visited him? Who visited him? God visited him. Hallelujah. You're free to say hallelujah by the way. When one family were called God of the King, I mean, the, yeah, God of the King, and pleasant and taking their children, they moved to this land of uh, Moab. There is one person or many of them, but Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, stays back in the land. And guess what happens to him? He's blessed, becomes fruitful, he's flourishing. No Mara. No Mara. No bitterness. No bitterness about the famine. Nothing said about, you know, God brought this famine upon us. No. They enjoying the fruitfulness of the land. Hallelujah. We just got to understand this. Come what may in our lives. We got to be there. To be fruitful. To experience God closely, intimately, staying back for the visitation of God. Are we ready to, to, be, to, to experience God so closely? Then we have to go through sometimes these famine experiences and never give up. We got to remain on this land. And, Beth, and Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. It goes on to say, it's, it's, it reads like this, it says, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. From your little place, from the insignificant place of Bethlehem is going to come a ruler. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And these were words were spoken by the prophet Micah, 700 years or before the significant happened in this insignificant place called uh, Bethlehem. It didn't happen in Jerusalem, which was the city of the king. It didn't happen there. But it happened in this insignificant place. And there is no, not much of distance between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. Not much of distance. But it didn't happen in the city of, of the king. It happened in this insignificant house of bread. That's where the bread of life came from. So I'm going, I just want to quickly share with you just three things. One is a Christian story in life is about the insignificant becoming significant. A Christian story in life is about the insignificant becoming significant. Now, like I said, Bethlehem was a relatively unknown place. But this became one of the most significant places in the Bible, isn't it? We are so far away from that place. Both in, in, in terms of distance and time. But then, you know, we are talking about it. Ruth was an insignificant Moab uh, woman. Who, if she remained in Moab, would have had no place in the in, in Bible. We wouldn't have been talking about her. She became the ancestors of the two greatest kings in history. One is the first king is the king, his king David, the greatest king of Israel. And then we see the birth of Jesus Christ. It came through their lineage. And uh, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Her insignificance was of no consequence. No consequence. Her insignificance. Boaz's faithfulness led to his fruitfulness. Ruth's faithfulness led to her fruitfulness. And the house of bread brought forth the one who declared. You know, the, Jesus said this. Very truly I tell you. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. But it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven. And gives life to the world. And people said, sir, they said. Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 6, 32-35 Now the house of bread, it gave physical life to people. 
it sustained people it was a staff of life of people but then from there we have the eternal savior who granted us eternal life to all those who believe in him now if we look at what is significant about this place now the significance is that you know we have eternal life through this through the bread of life that we will never go hungry again now life hallelujah we are people who are who have been made significant we may not feel significant many a time we may think that we are from a small town we are from poor backgrounds financially poor backgrounds we may think that we are handicapped in some ways we may think that we are not physically strong we may think that we are not we we may think we are weak that is not how god is looking at us hallelujah when god is looking at us he's saying you are significant don't your neighbor and say i am significant and now turn to them and say you are significant say that to you say that even when you're quiet say that i'm significant in god's eyes i'm significant to god if if god has to fulfill his purposes and plan in this world he the lord of the universe has chosen you and me he's put within this you know this jar of clay he's put his wonderful treasure and he's kept us it doesn't matter what you're going through today sickness doesn't matter poverty doesn't matter failures doesn't matter you are significant in god's eyes you have been chosen for a mission for a purpose to go forth and become efrata become fruitful we got we got to be people of who bear fruit that's why you know there's a lot of things of saying we got to be people who bear much fruit and good fruit good fruit for the kingdom of god whoever comes to jesus will never be hungry or never be thirsty there's not a physical hunger the it is the hunger and thirst for the eternal you are of utmost significance to god the second one is a christian story a christian story in life is an eternal and timeless story and not a story of randomness it's not a random story well when we read that uh, micah chapter 5 and verse 2 it says from you the second part of the verse says from you one will go forth from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in israel his goings forth are from long ago from the days of eternity well the plan of god for bethlehem was not just a random plan it just didn't happen just like that there was a purpose to that plan there was it was not just a random plan of god from eternity beyond time god already knew what was chosen even the 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 lowly and the insin- insignificant was chosen by god even before the foundations of this earth was laid you and me have have been chosen hand picked hand picked by god our story is not as just a random story that happens just like that no it's a story not just that you know no i am i am doing what i am doing because i've done great things in my life i've studied this much and i've uh, i've i've got this uh, you know lot of leadership abilities and skills and all of that no or it's not about the no not the other way around also where we say we say that no i have i am completely down in the dumps i have come from this i can't speak i can't stand no your choosing is is something that god made a choice long ago you and me have been chosen to represent god and this was chosen by god even before the foundations of the earth was laid the story of of uh, ruth and boaz is not a random story they fitted into the story of god and bethlehem was not was not a random choice it was a careful choice of god in eternity 
and you are a thoughtful choice and we know this in in, in psalm chapter 139 verses 14 to 16 psalm 139 and 14 to 16 it says i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that fully well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be and in the book of ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 to 8 ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 to 8 we read for he chooses in him before the creation of the world he chooses in him before the creation of the world can you believe these words can you take it in let it sink in deep and say that god you chose me before the creation of the world you and me are not just sitting chumma chumma simply for the foreigners who are here you're not just sitting here just like that you and me have been specially handpicked chosen by god the whole in this whole universe in all these centuries he said asha i choose you can you believe it asha you know sometimes you don't feel like it isn't it but that's how it is sonu you've been chosen by god chosen hand picked by god can you believe it sometimes when you when you look at these verses and let them sinking sink into you and say that god has specially chosen me specially hand picked me you know and it says for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight to be holy and blameless in his sight in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on us can we live a life with this great knowledge with this great understanding seeping right within and saying every morning when we wake up and saying i have been chosen by god i've been handpicked by god i'm going to live out his will i'm going to fulfill the plan and purposes that he has in and through me in this world you and me are in this time in this place because god wanted us to be here in this place he ordained us to be in this place all our days have been ordained we are predestined we are sons of god I, this is not like a gender statement this is a gender neutral statement when i say when i use this word son you and me have been adopted to be sons of god we may not feel it sometimes when we go through difficult situations we may not feel it but we are sons of god we are the, those children specially handpicked by god the third point is a christian story and life is one of divine provisions i'm sure that many of us you know the moment we say provisions what do we think of aata rice bank balance car house and all of that isn't it that, that's what we think of isn't it when when i when at the moment i say you know a christian's story and life is one of divine provisions lord why didn't you give me a mercedes benz ferrari is there some other car sometimes you know that sometimes on some of our teachings and you know, that that we come across you know if you have this then we need to have everything god has made so it, even my neighbor's car is my car but that's not how it is that's not what what it really means 
you know bethlehem was this place of this this fields and granaries and it provided uh, you know the sustenance for hard working people for wise people for faithful sincere people it 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 made boaz wealthy it made him powerful no it was it was it was that kind of place the house of bread was a place for these faithful people sincere people hard working people and all of that but you know when the bread of life came it made provisions for the unworthy for the sinful for those who didn't deserve it not for the not you know we, we that's the, that's the difference between the house of bread which was a physical sustenance place you have to work hard for it and you have to be faithful you have to be sincere you have to be wise in the way you deal with everything in this world but then when the bread of life came from this house of bread came the bread of life who gave another dimension to this entire thing saying that you're unworthy you feel you're unworthy you're sinful you don't deserve it you deserve to die but then here am i i've come to give you life and to give you life abundantly hallelujah in john chapter 10 and verse 10 it's the second part it says i have come that they may have life and have it abundantly now listen to this very carefully to what i'm what i'm telling you the greatest divine provision the greatest divine provision is life it's not rice it is not wheat it is not cars it is not house it is not properties the greatest divine provision of god is life and eternal life with the divine you and me are not sorry you and me are living that life with the divine every day we are walking with god in us we are the bearers of god the we are the ones who have birthed god in us or god has birthed himself in us and we carry his presence with us wherever we go we go every wherever we go god's presence goes with us that's why i often say that we can change the environments that we go to we impact because we have eternal life with the divine and we don't have to wait to cross the river to go into that eternal life with the divine we don't have to cross that uh, river we have god here the kingdom of god is near was what was preached isn't it now the kingdom of god is in us it's not just near us it is in us the kingdom of god isn't it the, the greatest provision the greatest divine provision is surely life and you know we are given this greatest opportunity to come to christ and to submit our lives to to god to receive him to believe in him as our savior you know when when i started off i asked you about you know guess my background you know uh, where do i come from what my family is and all of that after that i revealed a few things about myself do you know more about me now you know more about me but that's what god did God would have been a far away god far away god but he didn't he didn't want to remain far away he revealed himself through he himself came through his son jesus christ and because of that we know who he is isn't it we know who god is and that is the wonderful and the most powerful god that's what he did his revelation today do you want provision from god If you need money the most then your bethlehem will be found in money If you need money the most then your bethlehem will be found in money If you wanted success the most then your bethlehem will will be found in success If you wanted the pleasures of the world if you wanted the material things of the world if you wanted your careers then you will find bethlehem in those pleasures in those in that world or in those uh, you know in in the, in, the, in the careers you know but if you want your status change do you want a complete status change 
sinner to saved. I want my status to be changed. I want to move from, if, my, if I want my desires to be replaced by divine contentment. If you want your life to be changed eternally, then you need Jesus Christ, the bread of life. That will be your Bethlehem. Hallelujah. You choose your Bethlehem. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? Those who haven't made Christ as your choice yet, would you like to make your choice now and tell God, God make my life significant for the eternal kingdom of yours. And those who have already chosen Christ, would you want to recommit your lives and tell God that you have made the choice, though you have made the choice, you still have some mara left in you, some bitterness, and you want it taken away from you. It's hindering you from, from recognizing and being in that place of significance. Are you willing to cry out and say that I don't need anything else other than you, Lord Jesus Christ, my bread of life? Do you want your life changed from the, etern from the earthly insignificant to the eternally significant? And this is the time. All eyes closed. If you want to be prayed for this specifically, you can stand up and say that, Lord, move me from this insignificant feeling that I have. Move me from the bitterness that I have. And I want to be significant for you, O Lord. If any of you are saying that, you know, Lord, I want to be significant, you can stand in your places. The rest, everyone, please keep your eyes closed. I mean, if you really want to, you know, saying that, God, you want me to be significant to God. I come from a small place. I come from things which are so insignificant to God. But I want to be significant. I want to be in that place where I want to serve you faithfully. I want to be obedient to you. Thank you. I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful and thankful for this time that you've given us, dear God. Thank you, Lord, for we know that it is not, it, though we feel insignificant and so many times in our life, we know that you didn't create us for that, dear God. You chose us, handpicked us, fill us, Lord, with that kind of knowledge. And Lord, I pray that you will make us significant to God. I pray for the, for the people who are standing up, dear God. You know their hearts. You know what they are saying, dear God. I don't know, Lord, but you know, Lord. And you know the cry of their hearts. And whatever that cry is, in the name of Jesus Christ, let it be answered. And I pray, dear God, for those who haven't stood up, but who still want to say that they want their lives matter. I pray, dear God, that they will experience you through their days and through their nights. They will experience you through their lows and through their highs. They will experience you. And